2: Electric relaxation time ladies and gentlemen Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show Sponsored by Betway Scotland and Northern Ireland advance And the DCL scored again It's Friday 9th of October I'm Marcus Speller I'm Luke Moore And I'm Vinicius (laughs) Hunter-Raja Well, 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 everybody, we're back in your ears. And I bloody love international football. I don't know about you, chaps. With or without fans, we want a few fans there, but let's not get into that. It was still great. It was.
3: Mm-hmm. It was very, very good, yeah. It was very, very good. In I, I just got thrown there because I, I thought I'm going to lie to you here because I don't much care for international
4: football <laughs> during the league season. But you, I thought, you're but, you're but not going to follow any friends around this table today, Vish, with that kind of attitude. But, but
3: yesterday was a lot of fun because there was jeopardy, there was pe- penalties at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Synchronised penalties. Yeah. My goody no, it's
4: not, work, Marcus, not worth it. do is not worth it. Don't rise to it. Well, he's coming on. He's coming around. Let's just convince him with argument. <laughs> with good conversation. I've come, I've come
3: to the marketplace of ideas. Talk, <laughs> talk to me. Yeah, I will bully international football into
2: you, uh, gentlemen. Before we talk about that, we have to say that it was another wonderful episode of On the Continent uh, on uh, Football Ramble presents yesterday. Doten Adebayo, Ad- Andy Brassel, and Miguel Delaney looked at the uh, precarious state of La Liga's top sides and discussed all the latest developments from this international break. You see, the international football still carries on, and on the continent, and uh, yeah, you'd be worth uh, getting your ears around that lot because there are other teams in international football than uh, the British sides and the Irish sides and all the
4: i can um, listen to i could probably listen to dotter just read the phone book out mm. and that'd be a great podcast for me yeah. that's how that's how much i love dotter
2: oh yeah well search football ramble presents and subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode of on the continent which is the only place you need for the best european football chat yes now then gentlemen let's talk about some scottish football chat they're through they're in the final vish they beat israel 5-3 on penalties. It was the first time Scotland were involved in extra time since 1961. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. That's an amazing statistic. I didn't know that. I don't know what happened in 1961, but apparently.
3: Because they usually get the job done in the 90 minutes, Marcus. <laughs> That's why. Well, a
2: job gets done. <laughs> uh, yeah, but. More, uh,
3: but it, more so onto them. Yes,
2: yeah, uh, yeah. You you, like a true Scotsman, uh, sat through 120 minutes of this and then obviously got your award with a penalty shootout.
3: Yeah, I did. I did. I made a conscious choice early on. I'm going to watch a game with something on it. Yeah. And given I have a soft spot for Scotland, having spent many years up there, I thought, well, yeah, I'll give this a go. And I think had I not spent many years up in Scotland, I would have watched that game and thought, what on Mm. earth is this? You
2: wouldn't have given it a go. No,
3: but it was all very familiar. And I think that is exactly the kind of game where Scotland go into it looking to not so much spoil it, but just to hang back and end up spoiling themselves. And there was something a bit different about yesterday. It felt a bit more like they were, they had more belief in what they were doing, and the fact that they were kind of hanging back because they did they did have chances. You know, Israel played the much better football in terms of having the ball on the deck, but um, Scotland had uh, had more chances, and Israel seemed to struggle from not really having anyone who wanted to gamble in the box, mm-hmm. perhaps scared by the mightiness of those jocks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, I wondered actually if if it was if the reason the Scotland players. Held their nerve for so long was because there weren't any fans there. Because a lot mm. of time the fans are the ones who are like, for God's sake, not again! Yeah. <laughs> you not can, again. You can you feel it. It yeah.
4: definitely affects it. Yeah, so we've had this discussion, haven't we? More broadly about whether we're seeing more goals because of no mm. fans, for example. And um, there's been another theory which has been put out there, which is that you know the players aren't as fit, so they're not as mentally strong because there's a big link between physical and mental fitness, mm-hmm. and and so they're making mistakes. Mm. But I would I, I would frame it by saying if you're in a big game, whether it's this, and there's a lot on this game, Fish, as you've already said. If you're a Scottish player and you're at Hamden and you're going through in on goal mm-hmm. and there's no fans there, that's a different experience Near there are loads of fans. There, oh, it right? is, yeah. And so you'd think it would work in their favour in that specific incident, right? So I think if you extrapolate that out, you can say the fans have a huge effect or, or the lack of them has a huge effect because in this case, it's probably helped them be a bit more conservative and not kind of go gung-ho and get caught out. Is that what you're saying?
3: Yeah, basically. Because hmm. sometimes you do see, and it's not just Scotland, but I suppose any team, they, when you hear the frustration for the fans, you might try and do something different just because you might lose the thread of what your actual plan was. Because it might be in the 70th minute, for example, mm-hmm. and it might have might have been drained by just the... Because it's, it's weird, isn't it? Being part of a crowd that is frustrated, it's, you know, there aren't boos per se, but there's it's just that mumble, that mm-hmm. groan. I've, you know, I've been to a few England games at Wembley where that used to be kind of the, you know, the backing track to yeah. a lot of those turgid friendlies. Um, yeah, and, and maybe it helped. I certainly thought that with the penalties as well. And I thought it was interesting... In the Northern Ireland game, they mm. chose to take their penalties at the side of the ground without fans.
2: <laughs> yeah, because there was a few fans there. Mm. But I, I yeah, I, I, I see what you mean by the lack of fans. How, it, But I don't know. I think, I think it has a, an overall calming effect, which is good for strikers and bad for defenders. And the goals would probably testify to that, certainly in a Premier League, because the the urgency that defenders may have of, of the kind of, you know, the intensity of it, they can they can relax a little bit too much, but the strikers, if they're more relaxed, there's less pressure going in on goal and they might try something a little bit different. Mm. So it is fascinating and it, and it is playing its part, um, but Scotland, I mean, S- Scott McTominay missed a good chance early on uh, with, with a, well, not that early on but, but there was a bit few of our, as Ali McCoist said on the uh, Puncture on ITV after the game, he said, well done to the editor for getting eight minutes out of that. <laughs> <thing."> <laughs>
4: did <laughs> he yeah, McCoy say that no,
2: I love old Kosty yeah, he's great
3: James, he's just James just McFadden so. on the uh, on the Sky coverage was obviously beaming from ear to ear because they got through and mm. it was like it's a terrible game wasn't it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no good that but I through who cares
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think like, what I like about it is that's we, what
4: it's all about like. yeah, well of is, course yeah.
2: get yourself through because as you said Israel probably played the better football did you think it, I mean it was we'll come on to the other games in a minute where it was perhaps a little bit more obvious certainly in the case of Ireland but did you think Israel should have gone through at the end because certainly at the End of extra time, they were pushing, even though Scotland um, did, the did, post, did strike it. the post. But as you rightly said, look, it was never going in. But Weissman, you know, had it was nearly got on the end of it, and so on. I thought Israel were looking better towards the end of extra time.
3: Well, I think they were looking better throughout. I just thought the mm. the, the better chances, the chances that didn't actually even translate into shots on goal, went or you know, fell to Scotland. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say went to Scotland as if they'd created them. They definitely fell to them in the way that you might, you know a conker
4: might hit you on the head you know? <laughs> or like that viral video from yesterday where a cat hit that man on the head yeah yeah.
2: yeah. and it got a t- telling off from a dog, dog with boots on <laughs> yeah.
4: now I, I'm aware to people listening to this <laughs> it's not a cartoon that sounds like Marcus might have malfunctioned there <laughs> but, that, but that did actually happen you have to search it online okay. that was basically the game <laughs> <laughs> so who's the cat in this so
3: the cat is Israel As chances yeah chances no, no 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 the man
2: is Israel man the is cat Israel. is Marshall in goal coming yes. down on him and the dog and is the
3: do- and the dog is football saying Right, all of you stop this. This yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah,
2: and not exactly.
4: in a good way.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: even Steve Clark had a smile on the on his face. I don't think I've ever seen him smile.
4: It's not a face that lends itself to smiling.
2: No, here. it was quite. It was quite nice and quite odd at the same time.
4: I think if you spend
3: all your career as assistant, an assistant manager, you can't smile, can you? Because mm. they're always the ones barking out orders or just like standing next to a manager cross-armed I see what you mean he he said um, that
4: uh, he's not a jester he's not a jester he's he's managed a few teams as a first team coach not for very long admittedly but he has
2: he has but I think he's but he was a number two for a while he was I think that's maybe what Vish is getting at also
3: when was the last Scotland manager that actually smiled can't smile without you
2: (sighs) Craigie, Bertie Vokes Craigie Brun. <laughs> that's yeah. true.
4: Bertie Vokes we didn't have much to smile about when he was in the job No, he? I know but it was funny when <laughs> <laughs> if it if I may wrestle this back slightly uh, should, is it is it a reasonable thing to say and I'm mm-hmm. going to find out on Twitter later uh-huh,
2: that Mitrovic <laughs> could take that
4: defence apart <laughs> yeah well well that's my second point my second point is they obviously need to improve they won't be so yeah but is it a reasonable thing to say that, that Scotland with the players they've got um, should uh, be and I know they have players missing. I know I, I get that. And you guys mentioned that yesterday. But should they be beating a team like Israel, who, from what I can make out, mm-hmm. I mean, this might lay lay, to, lay lay bare my lack of knowledge of Israeli football, but mm-hmm. I don't think they've got any good players. Oh, that's embarrassing. Should. <laughs> well, please <laughs> take <laughs> the floor. Yeah, that, take <laughs> the floor. Well, Stuart St- 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 St-
3: St- right? St- Armstrong was quite a big miss.
4: Yeah. Yeah, but uh, he's he only a bit. He, did, did Israel he's ranked like 99th in the world or something.
3: Yeah, but I mean, you know, they. I don't think there was anything that Scotland did yesterday that was particularly reflective of the players they had. They just tried to get a job done mm-hmm. and, and, you know, they, they did get it done.
4: So yeah. I understand the task is 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 tough to navigate because it's a difficult challenge because the stakes are high and, and there's no fans and we, we've covered a bit of that. But player for player, Scotland's are a far better team in Israel.
2: I know what you're saying, but I think... It, it, it's the. I, I think Scotland would have still been quite nervous. You know, it was it was at Hampden. It's the kind of game that you know th- that whole thing of Scotland not having qualified for a major tournament since ninety eight. That really does hang over them. I think, and 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 this, you know, winning. You know, they've they've now got a hundred percent record in penalty shootouts. <laughs> you know, it's things like that that really will we, we, we'll sort of begin to help and so on. And I think actually them playing in Belgrade, you know, Scotland like to be the underdog. They like to have the backs of the walls and, and, and go away. So I I, I I, I think there is a little bit of belief, but I think the fact is, the, you know, the, there's still this huge task in hand. And I think that that is a little bit of a hangover. And if they can get to the Euros, I think that'll be a huge monkey off That'd be amazing. I'd, it, I'd, love love really I'd
3: love to see them there.
4: I'd love to see them mm.
3: there. One mm. of the things about their squad now is that they do actually have players who can, you know, what... <laughs> Obviously, against better teams, they're going to un- come unstuck if they if mm-hmm. they play like that, if they back off too much. But they do have players who can change the game in an attacking sense. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing on Ryan Fraser as late as they well, yeah, yesterday, he he's someone who can... Mm. You can and you know they still were, John Fleck I think was mm-hmm. on news on the bench as well. So think, you know they have creative players, and but I think there's a lack of belief. I think what was missing. But what yeah, you're
2: touching yeah. on, look, I think that, I think there's a lack of belief. I think there is this case of. I mean, I just said it there. You know, they like to play with the backs of the walls and so on, blah blah blah. But actually, having a bit of belief and going, actually, do you know what? We do have a few players. You know, look at the way Ireland played. You know, they they, they should have gone through. And again, we, we will come onto them in just a sec. But sometimes, actually. You can get yourself into a mindset of, all right, we're a defensive team. Let's just restrict the opposition. Let's do all that. But actually, someone should turn around and say, well, actually, hang on a minute here. You can impose a little bit on the opposition as well. And Scotland, they did get through, but they didn't create very much at all. Uh, and they're playing Serbia in the final and in the, in the playoff final. They're going to have to come up with something because we know Serbia have got a couple of decent players in there and Serbia will be favourites. So it'll be interesting to see. But take Northern Ireland away to Bosnia-Herzegovina. Northern Ireland could have won that game, you know, in, in regular time. Now, it was great for them to go through on penalties. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, and they prepared for penalties, as uh, as Barraclough, the manager, said. You know, so that they're well drilled. But they they have set themselves up um, with, uh, you know, the previous manager having, you know, tough to beat, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely right. But they themselves went ahead. They they went on the front foot at times. They were unlucky. They did create a few chances. Yeah, Bosnia Herzegovina have a couple of chances of their own. It was a good old ding dong that one. It could have gone either way. But the fact is, they went there, and there were a few fans in the stadium. They created a few chances, and they showed. Actually, you know what? We we can do this. And I would, do you know what? I fancy them against Slovakia mm. in mm. that game in, in 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 Belfast. You know.
4: Well, I I feel that like um, when Barakoff comes in off the back of the, the previous manager who. Did an incredible job. Like mm. he, the, the over how they were able to do it. Well he set the foundation. Yeah. Was was incredible with the resources that he had available to mm-hmm, him and mm-hmm. he is a legend mm. for what he was able to achieve it's always really difficult to come in and follow that. And mm-hmm. I know I know Barakoff was the under-21s manager and they tried to get some kind of continuity there. Mm-hmm. And what they can do is they can build um, a team around this core group of a few players who play at a very high level. I, I know Stephen Davis' best years are going to be behind him because of his age. But he has been a player who has been, to me at least, I, you know, I'm not I wouldn't be an expert on Southampton, but Stephen Dose is a really important player for Southampton at a very good level. I mean that transition he used to take between defence and mid attack where he mm-hmm. used to carry the ball, he was important he can do it against these kind of teams still now. Mm. And you've got players like um Johnny Evans who mm-hmm. who as far as I'm concerned, is is still a, a very, very good uh, Premier League level defender. Uh, Craig Cathcart's hugely experienced and played in the Premier League. You know, there's loads of players, not loads, but there's quite there's a few players. Well, Jamal Lewis there, as, as well, yeah. yeah. Jamal Lewis is a great example. There's, there's the issue is where do the goals come from? And you've got Carl Lafferty, who scored mm-hmm. a handful for them, maybe twenty or so goals for them. But other than that, it's not a huge amount of goals in the team, so they have to be really tight. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I think they've got an amazing esprit of corps Then they've got an amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, group who, who just know their jobs mm-hmm. and that for me is uh, international level because you don't get much time to work with the players because it's a lot more about camaraderie and, and simple stuff they, they've got a chance for sure
2: yeah with Peacock Farrell in goal as well they've got a character there mm. did yeah. you see the first penalty which Pjanic took he was pointing to the side yeah he loves it he's pointing to his right Pianic just stuck it in that corner I think Pianic had a little word with him as well,
3: well. Pianic kicked the ball back at him as well yeah 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 and I then th- pointed to the ref so it almost said
4: like, I'll keep an eye on him yeah yeah exactly and they did yeah <laughs> um I forgot to mention Stuart Dallas as well. See important player for Leeds as big well. Big Dallas. Yeah, but I think yeah. I
2: think it was great for uh, uh, uh Davis to get his you know 120th cap and, and in the words of Pat Jennings, you know, he has been a good little player for Northern Ireland.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pat Jennings' is a lovely fella as well. I met him once, he's a very nice chap.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a so nice I'm big sure, fella.
4: I'm sure he didn't mean anything by it. <laughs> <laughs> just remove that. Yeah, they pop at Pat Jennings. You had a pop at Stephen Davis yesterday. I just quoted Pat Jennings. Yeah, that's all I've done. Yeah,
3: you know, we um, were talking about how highly regarded Steve Davis was at uh, Southampton. Pochettino- great, great
4: break builder as well. Yeah, yeah. Stephen <laughs> yeah. Davis. The Stephen
3: Nugget. Davis. Yeah, uh, uh, said it. He was his Iniesta. That's right. There we go. That's, yeah, that's yeah. you guys mentioned that yesterday. Yeah, yeah, was, Marcus, who's your Iniesta in your life?
2: Uh, oh, in my, I thought you were going to no, say no, no, in
3: your life. Yeah, yeah.
2: What I've played for? No, no, just
3: with. just in your life is someone who get, who gets about puts yeah. you in areas that you never thought you'd be in well, in a good way.
2: There's Luke, not Pete. <laughs> there's, there's Luke. I mean, Pete and Jim, of course. Andy Brassel, yeah. yeah. Jules, Kate. I thought we uh, said not, not women. One of, <laughs> one of them. One of them. Was it not a,
3: the original cast?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Andy Brassel then, or yeah. Jules, or Kate. Yeah. yeah. One of those three. All right. should we move on? Yeah. <laughs> next, uh, what, uh, nice to see Washington and Boyce coming on. Yeah. Love that when, when uh, the manager brings on two penalty takers right at the end.
4: And the, the, the players that he brought them on for had already come on. <laughs>
2: Yeah, oh, well, that, I think they were quite relieved, probably, because he basically said, "Yeah, oh, yeah, they didn't have, they, they weren't good penalty takers." You know, that's
3: quite a lot of pressure, though. It Especially is you want a forward player coming it's, on to be like, "Right, you've it, got to, all you've got to do now is take a penalty, and if he messes up, you've ruined the nation." Yeah. the only
4: reason you're anywhere near the pitch <laughs> mm. is for this reason.
2: Well, they both stuck him away, though. Yep. I mean, Boyce got the winner, didn't he? Which was probably the best penalty. Was it Boyce? Or, yeah, sort of top corner. Hmm. Uh, I forget which one it was. But yeah, they, I mean, that, that is delightful for the managers because if they come on and miss, and we've seen that before in penalty shootouts as well. So uh, yeah, and they, they march on. And like I say, against Slovakia in, in Belfast, you wouldn't put it past Northern Ireland winning that because Slovakia will count themselves very fortunate that they're in that final because Ireland should have won. They, they created opportunities. You know, Hurahan was, was one who, who missed a chance towards the end of the game. The Irish will be gutted
4: today that they're not there. I thought they will and that's right. But Ireland, you know,
2: Ireland should have won and you would fancy them against Northern Ireland probably, although uh, Northern Ireland, you know, we've just talked them up there. So, uh, yeah, I, if you're a fan of Ireland, I think I think today wouldn't be a very good one.
4: No, and, you know, I understand that, that, that Ireland yeah, I, I disagree slightly, chiefly because I just think Slovakia had a lot of chances as well. And I thought it was a very even game; Well, okay. it could have gone either way. And I, I know I, I totally understand what you mean. I know that. Um, uh, I mean, did you already mention something Ireland hit the woodwork as well at one point? Um, but but I thought Slovakia had their own their own chances too. Um, but yeah, it's disappointing, chiefly because I'd like to have seen an Ireland v Northern Ireland fire which would have been wicked.
2: Nice to see uh, Rodak though, Fulham's goalkeeper.
4: Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah it is. Yeah, not nice seen with the pressure off. yeah <laughs> 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 I might keep a clean sheet, here.
2: <laughs> well, he was a big try. part of Fulham going up last season. I'm not going to enjoy him. He's yeah, having a good time. He's
4: a good, goalkeeper, yeah. he's a good goalkeeper. He's, he's not is. playing at the moment for Fulham, though, right? No, he's yeah. playing for Slovakia. Yeah. So technically speaking, he's not to blame for Fulham being the worst defensive team the Premier League's no, yeah. ever seen. No, no, no.
3: You could almost argue that that's why he had quite a good game. Yeah. <laughs> there's <is> a clean sheet <laughs> there. Do I have to go back? Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Can I just keep playing for well, Slovakia? November not? is it? Well, I just stay here. By the time I get there, I have to come back again.
2: Oh dear. Yeah. It was only Stephen Kenny's third game in charge, and. Ireland losing another penalty shootout you know not too uh, in microcosm a similar sort of record to, with England on penalties um, and Matt
4: Doherty rattling the crossbar as yeah. well how much how much of a not free pass because the stakes are obviously very high but how much sympathy do you have with someone like Stephen Kenny who never really thought he would be in the job in this position in the first place because of what happened with the change to the football calendar or do you think you've got to put that behind you now it's your third game in and you've got to do the job
2: well you do have to put it behind you obviously but I do yeah. feel a bit sorry for him because they. this is the same Ireland team that was not long ago was under Mick McCarthy mm. Now, Big Mick, as much as we love him, he's not known for his entertaining brand, is he? Mm. As, uh, as, as as Dion Fanning once said, you know, uh, he'd, he'd, he'd bite your hand off for a one-all draw. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, <laughs> and and McCarthy, you know, they, they didn't play. You see, again, I'm going back to what I said about Scotland and Northern Ireland, it, it, it was that kind of, right, you know, we're limited players. We've got to play in this style. Well, actually, Kenny, I think, got a bit of creativity out of them. I personally think they should have won the game. they created enough chances mm-hmm. because they have a few players there that can do something and against Slovakia you know they're going toe to toe and 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 yes they, they kept the clean sheet obviously the, you know the goalkeeper Randolph made a few saves and so on but there is a little bit of creativity in that side there's a little bit of something you know
3: yeah they cut through them quite a few times yeah David McGoldrick in particular mm. I'm I'm a big McGoldrick fan Um but he was basically running things from just dropping off and mm. like, putting people through. Alan Brown was quite unlucky as well. Cause yeah, he was. He obviously missed the penalty, but also had a couple of chances mm. in um, yeah. regulation time as well. To,
4: Do you know what? I mean, head. you say that about um, McGoldrick, and I've got no reason to have a pop at the guy. Um, but but you going to... he's 32, he's only ever scored one goal for Republic of Ireland, right? Mm-hmm. So mm. so I think what makes a real difference, and I alluded to it when we were talking a bit, a bit earlier about um, Northern Ireland or, or, or Scotland or whatever, what really separates those kind of mid ranking international teams? I'm not talking about the top level because you know, England are always going to produce players. Mm-hmm. Belgium have got this moment. You know, Germany, Spain, all these players, teams are always going to produce players. The mid ranking ones, <clears throat> really, it really matters if you can bring through a kind of generational goal scorer. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. You, you, you go through the squad list of a lot of the home nations and you go, okay, they've got no goals in their team. Like the top scorer in that squad for Ireland. Um, is Shane Long, who's thirty three, he's played eighty four times for Ireland. He's got seventeen goals. He's mm-hmm. their top scorer, mm-hmm. right? And do you remember when Northern Ireland had like David Healy, yeah. who would just he would he would mm. for some reason when he played for Northern Ireland he would just score. Mm-hmm. You know, hat trick against Spain was it? Hat trick against England as mm-hmm. well. And and that makes a real that, difference. He, to yeah He level. scored
2: against England. It was a hat trick.
4: Yeah. Yeah, but he scored a hat trick against Spain. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that makes a real difference. And you've seen that with Wales, who of course, and we're going to come on to them later, but they didn't have Ramsey for weird reasons, and they didn't have Bale. But that makes a real difference for Wales. Well, th- Wales can then trouble the end, the back end of an international tournament mm. because of those players who <coughs> just elevate them to that high level.
2: What well, is as you say with the home nations? You know, Scotland have, have have struggled a little bit with the goal score. I mean, McFadden was one they looked to. You know, about sort of 10, 12 mm. years ago, whenever that was. And then Northern Ireland you mentioned, and then Wales Wales have now they're kind of sharing the goals around a bit. And then you go. Um, you know, obviously not not one of the home nations uh, distinctly, but, but Ireland, you know, they missed sort of Robbie Keane or, or something like that, you know. So th- having that goal scorer makes a hell of a difference and that's yeah. why I'm concerned for Scotland because... In Serbia do have that goal scorer so in, in, Mitrovic, you know, he, still, he does score a few there and Milinkovic-Savic is a player and, and so on and so forth. But anyway, uh, we look forward to uh, the finals and hopefully Scotland and Northern Ireland can do it because it would be good to see uh, some of those sides there. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a quick break and then we're going to talk about good old England.
0: Selling a little? So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp.
1: Join me, Melissa Reddy, and listen to my brand new podcast, Between the Lines. I'll be speaking to the biggest names in football about the captivating, behind the scenes stories fans want to hear. From major talking points to untold anecdotes, you'll hear from some of football's leading stars as well as those working in the shadows. In our first episode, I spoke to former Spurs manager Maurizio Pochettino about that Amazon documentary.
4: We feel responsible because it was uh, very difficult to say yes,
3: to open the door to Amazon. Only we watched with Jesus the 25-minute first because it was until we uh, left the club.
1: And on our latest episode, I investigate how prevalent and damaging social media abuse is in football and I was like taking all this negativity onto myself and I did, I kind of lost myself and my personality because I knew everything that was going on around it and it's not until I actually got to a stage where I thought I can't take this anymore, It, it is becoming too much for me that I spoke out about it. Craving football insight? Well, look no further. Listen to Between the Lines with me, Melissa Reddy, via Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts.
0: This was a Staccano production.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we talk about England, it's time for this.
0: Just see, myself.
3: He's copied his own homework
2: there <laughs> it's a big departure from his original sound as I said
4: when, when, when I listened to that for the first time on the show I instantly um, counted all the people that he's named in there because I thought Pete will definitely miss someone out Yeah. and that'll be an international incident <laughs> that's internally. why
2: that's why he it hasn't... took so long basically he got it back and I thought oh I've, I've missed Luca <laughs> Oh I've, missed, oh I've got Luke in but I miss Jim this time
3: That's I think it's much more likely that he includes an extra name in and when we ask him about it he like, oh you, you know that bloke who always stands away yeah.
4: facing the corner <laughs> or
3: do, you not, do you not see him?
4: you probably just haven't been on a show with him yet but you will at some point yeah, yeah he's talking to me all the time he's <laughs> 8 yeah. feet tall watches he's got me really sleep. long fingers <laughs> <laughs> he watches me sleep he's on my chest while I sleep <laughs> can't get out through the board yes.
2: oh dear well some people have emailed show at footballramble.com Vish who
3: have? Who's emailed it? Go on,
4: Alistair. Cole Ah, Cole used his fingers, his long fingers to email us. <laughs> Could be normal size. Yeah, you're obsessed with hand size.
3: No, well, yeah, in a way. Only Kate actually, because they're monstrous. <laughs> uh, my mate once explained to me how his dad's biggest gripe in football was bringing everyone back to defend a corner. So when he had the chance to coach his son's under-15s, he had his chance to impart his football genius. Mm. He instructed six of the fastest players to stand on the halfway line, preparing for the counter-attack. <laughs> to his credit, attacking teams would often see this and put six men back. Right. And only send three up so they didn't concede. That said, my friend, my friend had also explained that if any team had the balls to ignore the six players on the halfway
4: line and just load the box, it was almost certainly a goal. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of an interesting game of chicken, mm. that. Like, are you going to take the bait or not mm. because if you just stick to your plan you'll probably score mm-hmm. do you know what I mean yeah, it's, like, it's, like yeah. a, it's almost like a bit of gamesmanship there isn't it yeah there is, and, I, and I think I, I feel like more often than not those
3: six players on the halfway line would work in your favour I think you know it, it, provided you don't really care about conceding three goals in ten if you're going to create seven chances out of those ten it's Kevin occasions. Keegan-esque and I'm here yeah. for it yeah. I'm
4: here for it I, li- I like it when um Kind of, they're normally the father of one of the players at that level. Mm. I like it when they think there's, they some kind of Guardiola type team. Yeah. I, I imagine all over the country tomorrow morning will be under 15s teams whose the coach manager has told them to sit sit back right to the side of each side of the six yard box and get a small pass from the yeah. goalkeeper <laughs> and concede the goal because they are not able to do it. But that's just how it goes.
2: Yeah, I think this is an interesting idea because you're so used to one staying up uh, you know, uh, uh, from the defending team, they, they obviously the striker stays up, and then you just have two defenders back, and then everyone packs. And normally,
4: fullbacks are their quickest. Yeah,
2: and so and, and so this is like does, does would sort of shock teams, and they would be like, oh, that well that disrupts what we're doing. However, at that level of football, what I would say is, from a defending point of view, I would sort of suggest that you probably want as many players in the box as possible, because actually, it, from an attacking point of view, if you had say four defenders and three attackers in the box for a corner. I would prefer that than having, say, eight or nine defenders and seven or eight attacking players because it's just more of a bit of a pinball
4: kind of thing. I know what you mean,
3: yeah. Also, bear in mind that you've only then got three defenders in the box, sorry, four defenders yeah. back. So you've got someone covering the front post, uh-huh. you know, just to, to block it out at the earliest possible opportunity. And then you've got three players in to mark... You know the forwards. That's yeah. that is quite dangerous. That's why you a big strong keeper. It. But then also though, do you know what? <laughs> Come I actually, and get everything. Do you know what I'd actually do
2: is if they put six players up, I'd go, "Thanks very much." We would yeah. massively outnumber
4: or, you in your own box. Right yeah. well, thank you for my favourite food, <laughs> <laughs> especially with Speller's pace. <laughs> Maybe not so much these days, but back in the day, well, you've, what p- powering in to head the corner? Get your earplugs in because you were the hamstrings twanging all over the place. <laughs> I've never had a hamstring injury. But yeah, I mean, he's not keep, sensitive about it. Don't worry about keep it. Keep up this well, no,
2: It's not to do with sensitivity, it's to do with facts, brother. <laughs> it's to do with facts. Um but yes, I think uh, I I I'd love to see it implemented just not for a side on play. You for.
4: need you need to have people shouting the manager shouting from the sidelines, mad stuff that's just gonna <laughs> confuse the players. Yeah. You need overcomplicated tactics for kids. And that's kind of how it works in England. It did when I was a kid anyway. I hope these days it's much more along the lines of let's be nice and positive, let's enjoy playing football with our friends. Mm. Um, But I suspect that isn't the case.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, Well, what what would our man Big Show Pav do?
4: Uh, oh yeah, well, Pav, on. Pav, who is the you know, the, <laughs> we the, spoke about Pav the other the legendary day. Ramble goalkeeper who is featured in the Ramble book as well, which is probably out print now. But if you can find a copy in a bargain bin somewhere, it's, he, we talk about him in there. He just never shut up. So no. it, was, it was like I'd play at the back, he would play as a goalkeeper, and he would never shut up. And you had to kind of navigate the rhetorical assault as well as the attacking from the other team as well. He would shout all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah. Like if if the ball was coming down the line, you were going across the cover, he would scream, I need to see a shoe. (laughs) As in, shoe him up, as in foul him, just kick him. Um, And he would would have a go at you if you made a mistake in a really sarcastic way, which made you feel worse. So for example, if you're a one-on-one with an attacker and the attacker went round you, You'd hope the goalkeeper would be setting himself ready to save a shot. Pav would, would say sometimes, oh, fuck you now. I'll pay for you to get back in. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, it's that kind of stuff, really. But, yeah. That is absolutely
2: superb. Yeah. But I didn't realise, though, when, uh, when, when, I, when, when myself or, I don't know, Pete Donaldson or whoever we had an attack was running through a goal, he was saying stuff.
4: Oh, yeah, he'd, he'd be like, um, he would just sort of mumble under his breath, like, um, if someone went in on goal for our team and he wanted them to score, from back in goal, he would kind of mumble under his breath, but obviously he's really loud, yeah. so you'd he always hear it. He'd be like, I need to see some dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I need to see you have your dinner there. Get your dinner. And if you missed, you would go, absolutely starving. He is starving today. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely love yeah. that. He's actually a really good keeper as well. And but if he bloke. if he just shut up he'd be better. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, so, no. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, because he was always
2: shouting at you, that's why he yeah, would exactly. shut up. Yeah. Uh I've got one here from um Joseph Colomy, uh, who says hello, ramble gang, with all the Gunasaurus chat of late, and the subsequent deep dive into the world of mascots in this past Wednesday's episode with Jules Vision. Luke, I thought I'd chime in about it. While I cannot speak for the situation uh, for high-profile mascots in England and whether they are dedicated full-time to one character or freelance <laughs> shapeshifters, uh, I can speak of personal experience here in the United States. I worked for several years in the marketing, in marketing, in College athletics with iconic mascots such as the Duck at University of Oregon Sparky the Sun Devil at Arizona State (laughs) University as well Generally, we had a team of masketeers who would perform shifts in the suits at events or even swapping out between quarters of American football games. Oh, my God. Games. Mesut Urza would be fuming. Oh, my goodness. He's God. actually
4: got to pay the salary of about 15 people. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> However, on occasion, there would there, there would need to be a non-professional to fill the role in a pinch, and that's where I came in. I am proud to have made several cameo mascot appearances. I was Sparky the Sun Devil for a couple of TV commercial shoots and even made a live appearance on Good Morning Arizona as an anthrop- anthropomorphic bowl <laughs> of, instant mash, of, of instant mashed potatoes for a sponsor at Arizona State.
4: That's it's a sentence I never thought I would read, <laughs> which is why I sort of stumbled through it's it. It's better than the, bo- the, the boiler. <laughs> it's a bowl of mashed potatoes.
3: Well, you'd need the boiler to power the, um, the
4: microwave to create those. <laughs> Yeah. Potatoes, true, in, in, yeah, in in is events? that how
3: microwaves work? Are they powered by
4: bullets? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, mate. No, um, I think you might be in trouble if you've got a water-powered uh-huh. microwave. But you know, in um, golf events in the US, a lot of the fans there shout mashed potatoes. Oh yeah, when the on. ball is hit. So and maybe it's something I was to do with that. they're I was, the
3: worst people in the world. Yeah, aren't they? yeah.
2: I was shouting that. I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that bruv. Yeah, when I was saying the other day that you know people should shout weird things mashed, mashed potatoes. You've made that up, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I was influenced by them. Who knows? Yeah. Well, there we are, ladies and gentlemen a uh, show at, for, would you want to do it again yeah I'll hit it again oh, right, okay.
4: I think it's this one isn't it yeah.
0: Jesse
4: Passion with the well done at the end is yeah. what gets it for me. Oh, absolutely right. He gets into a proper, like, bellowing oh, register there. Doesn't he just?
2: Right then, gentlemen. England beat Wales 3-0. Hey, hey. Go on, the boys. Mm. Good goals from good men. <laughs> I love <laughs> Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I love how he loves it as well. I know a lot has been said about Conor Cody. I love all that as well. But, but DCL, oh, my goodness. He's just... marvellous
4: he seems fantastic as a lad yes and he's a great player what's he got 10 goals now yeah. Ten goals already this season, Vish? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and a killer smile as well. Yeah, he does. Oh, yeah. I know I know, you know, we You we're want not, to see him do well. We're not you know, we're not impartial to the human form, but he's a stunningly good looking man. He is, yeah. yeah. I
2: think I can speak on behalf of all Scots, Welsh, Northern Irish and Irish people and say that they want him to do really well for England. Oh, big
3: time.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. Big time. <laughs> yeah, definitely especially the Scots actually. Yeah. yeah, They had their section the first half, <laughs> who cares? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, But it was, it was a great header and, and and him and Grealish linked very well and Grealish was another um, real bright spark for England in this 3-4-3 formation. Now I was sort of unconvinced yesterday when talking about it and I know this is only a friendly and I know Wales weren't at full strength neither were England but but Wales weren't it's important to say that and England weren't that great in the first half um, they, 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 they sort of grew into the game but look, what, what did you make of that formation? Would you fancy England to play that against Belgium?
4: I like it and mm-hmm. I disagreed with you when you said that you weren't sure about it. But bearing in mind, I only listened mm-hmm. to that this morning after the game, so it's yeah. easy for me to be wise after the game. Well, I
2: wasn't sure; that wasn't a lie. No, that's no, fine. Yeah. And I
4: think you're absolutely right. To, to, to you, you are you are in my in my opinion, you are a, a very very good authority on England. So your 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 is of course valid. I just felt that for the players that we have mm-hmm. or certainly the players he's got available to him at the moment yeah. in this squad I think it suits them and I'll give you a few examples um, it suits Saka on mm-hmm. the left mm-hmm. um, it suits Connor Cody playing in a three uh, I think he's absolutely. If, if England are going to play a three I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that Connor Cody is already absolutely key mm-hmm. because he he's played in such a consistent way in a three mm-hmm. at such a good level for such a long time his reliability is incredible.
2: Leadership skills. His leadership
4: well. is really important. His passion to play for England, I know it gets kind of derided, but that's really important as well. So it suits him. It suits Calvin Phillips, mm-hmm. um, in my view, who I thought was outstanding last night. I thought he, You know, I understand why Jack Grealish got um, man, the player of the match and why Jack Grealish was was caught the eye because he's that type of player. Mm-hmm. But I'm a big fan, as regular listeners to this show will know, of, of the metronomic kind of nice and sensible recycle possession type player in midfield well him and wings that can do that I think Phillips is the best player at that that I have seen since um, Carrick Ooh. and I think Carrick is very very underrated anyway um for what he wasn't able to do for England for for a number of different reasons that I think we're outside his control the only caveat I'd add is that um is that they, they want with, with the greatest respect to Wales defensively they were abysmal mm-hmm. uh, their marking in the box was, was non-existent I mean it was like a, almost like an avant-garde approach to, to defensive marking and, and I don't think Phillips found it very difficult up against what he was up against in midfield and he will have a harder challenge than that and of course because of his lack of experience at the very top level there will still be question marks over him but I've spoken to a, a decent amount of people who've played against him and who know loads more about football than me who say that he is the real deal and mm-hmm. he's going to get better and better. And his, his positional awareness, his his decision-making, his engine, his range of passing, I don't know if you remember, but last night he made he mm-hmm. a couple of short ones and he made that one right over the top perfectly to feet. He can do everything in that role. I'm very excited about him, as you can probably tell.
2: Yeah, so what, what do you reckon then, Vish? Because it, it was a bit of a... You know, it wasn't the most keenly sort of uh, or, or hotly sort of contested matches. That's no reflection on anybody. That was just the nature of, of a friendly, no fans, and blah 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 blah. But against Belgium, it's going to be one hell of a test for for England against the number one ranked side in the world. What what would you do if you're if you're Southgate? Would you go for a 3-4-3? Because as Luke says, I understand. See, for me, I want I want to play three five three. <laughs> I want an extra man in yeah. there
3: yeah I know what you mean yeah, I, every, every
2: formation I say I think 4-3-3 I want an extra centre back 3-5-2 I want an extra one up
4: front <laughs> yeah. uh, well, for, a... for years it was almost like England can't play a two in midfield because they get overrun yeah. everyone says
2: that Yeah, so I understand what you mean but with a 4-3-3 three, three, you worry about the defence so I understand he, he wants the back three and he wants a front three as well so this is the formation that seems to kind of satisfy that Those two areas.
3: Yeah, I thought it was interesting that you uh, um, you were saying this was the ideal formation for Saka. I agree with you in in the sense that this is the best way of getting him in. But I thought defensively he was a bit like lost yesterday. But I say that's someone who admittedly only had one eye on the game. Well, of course he won't start. The jocks
4: had my affection. Yeah, sure. He he won't start in that position. No, of course. Maybe what I should have I should have expanded the point and said. Ben Chilwell can play there yeah. and Ben Chilwell can in my opinion can do that job on the left and you've probably got Saka as a backup.
3: Yeah, I mean to be fair we we could actually run rings around ourselves here talking about mm-hmm. how England might fare against um, sure. on paper the best team in the world mm-hmm. and I think for that 3-4-3 that three, three, provided the players can get used to it and also more broadly that Southgate can actually tell those midfielders midfielders in particular what he actually wants from them I, I suppose the centre-backs as well because i think yesterday i thought it was a little bit muddled at times when i when i went back to rewatch bits of it and i thought that if you're going to have this kind of line essentially we're going to have a complete line change going into that belgium game and you're going to have to hope that even even those established players even players like henderson when they come into that system you're going to have to you know i suppose tweak them a little bit mm-hmm. and tell them exactly where you need them at certain yeah. times and and presumably southgate wouldn't play this formation without having that idea in his head that he's able to articulate which is fine. I actually think though when I looked at that lineup yesterday I think it was easy to uh, flippantly dismiss it as an England B-side mm-hmm. when you could look at it from you know from the top down and think all these players are leg- have a legitimate right to be here mm-hmm. and to be in the conversation for the squad come the Euros next summer. And I also think what was really really fundamentally important from Fenley's and something that I haven't seen for a while actually probably a bit more in the Southgate era but not so much before that is that the important thing about getting England players who deserve a call-up in those situations and giving them caps is that they bring with them an enthusiasm mm-hmm. that can sometimes get lost when you're yeah. an England player yeah. who's just used to getting into the cycle of squads mm-hmm. and 100%. this, that and the other. I and I think that's so important to see people who deserve to be there yeah. but who also want to be there and love being there as well. Yeah. And I think it's one of the things that Southgate in particular has been, been very good at. I think I mentioned it on the show before, but off the back of the 2018 World Cup, he said to those group of players, he was like, look... You all know how professional football works. You all know now mm-hmm. how international football works. This has been a great deal of fun for all of us. But never forget this moment because yep. it will never happen to you again. Yeah, that's right. It will never happen to this group of players again. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the best way of cultivating that. Just just that approval of how great it is to be here. Mm-hmm. And it is little things like seeing Dominic Calvert-Lewin <laughs> yeah. so over the moon yeah. to be greeted by Gareth Southgate when he rocks up. To see Cody's face when he scores yeah. that goal at the end. I think those little things, while it's easy to... You know, put too cute a spin on it. I think they really do matter for for maintaining that kind of team environment. I
2: think you're right, and I think you know when when Saka talked about being called up as well. You know, he was absolutely delighted, and Ings getting his goal as well. You know, this is, this is all good stuff. And Southgate now has a job, and Luke, you've you've spoken about this before that you then don't go right, nice one, lads. Anyway, all on the bench, bringing the the established. But I don't think, other than say Kane and Sterling, and maybe one or two others, I don't I don't think there is too many people who are like odds-on for kind of starting positions. But we've got to talk about Jack Grealish because, you know, wonderful for England to have that type of dribbler in the side. I know they've got some people who can who can dribble like Sancho and, and Sterling. Obviously, you know, they weren't involved last night at all. Uh, but, but, but the way Grealish plays, he actually takes the pressure off the defence, the way he can hold yeah. on to the ball, the, the winning of the fouls and so on. But again, it, when you find a player, Cody seems to be this type of player, hopefully... Calvert Lewin, or its early days. Hopefully, Phillips again, early days, and Grealish as well. These types of players, when they take to it very quickly to international football, and some players, you know, they might get a chance and they, and they don't do very well at the start, and then they come back and they, they take it all. There's a freedom a to his
4: isn't there? I agree. With you. There
2: is, and I think when players they, they they manage to translate their club form to international football very quickly, you think, hang on a minute, this is something that we've got to go with here.
4: Yeah, I think he's really obviously he's a tremendously exciting player, um, and. He's improved. He looks to have improved a great deal. I agree with, I think it was Andy who said it yesterday. I think he looks to have improved a great deal again mm. already from the start of this season. So he's clearly a player whose ceiling's very high and um, I suppose if I was going to temper it a little bit, I would say that he what, he what I'd like to see him work on is just the the acknowledgement that there's different challenges for different types of opponents. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, can he work on his incision? Mm-hmm. I understand Marcus, you make a completely fair point that he can relieve the pressure off a of defence. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're two one up in a big game for England and 25 minutes to go, you bring Grealish on. He can carry the ball, he can yeah. bring players into play, he can really dominate possession and change the tempo of the game for England. And he's
2: very quick. Sometimes, something because of his style and the way his sort of body shape is. Sometimes people might not. He actually... glides past players
4: as well. He's very but, quick. But the point, the point I want to make was just that sometimes you can see him carrying the ball a bit too long. Yeah. Sometimes you see he takes two or three extra touches when perhaps he doesn't need to, mm-hmm. and that's something that needs to be worked on that I can see. But um, but that, that he, relates
2: to what he's doing for Villa. And then what... So that is exactly... That's something that needs to be ironed out when he's playing for England. When you've got the option of Harry Kane there to slip him through or something quite, like that.
4: That's what I'm saying. So at the yeah. start of the point, I was just saying that the, an acknowledgement that there's different challenges for different mm. types of opponents is mm-hmm. something that it would be great if he added to his game. But look, England have got an amazing array of players what like to choose it, just from. On
2: Grealish though, there's a, just, I don't know why, he reminds me slightly playing style of Chrissy Waddle.
3: Do you know what it is? I about... understand what you mean. And I like that. Mm. I, <laughs> I do really like that. <laughs> um, do you know what it is about Grealish? And I, when I say this, I'm not saying that he's the second best player that England have at their disposal, but he is one of those players that seem to have an infectious way about him in the mm. way he plays. Mm-hmm. And he seems to, you know. He, his calm rubs off on everyone else and maybe it's the way that he carries the wall but he seems to raise everyone around them and almost give them the belief that they can do what he does Exactly, because it's quite simple as well. It's not in the kind of Ronaldinho sense of let me do all the magic Mm, stuff. mm. He's just like, look, come come play with me. He has that almost, he turns it into a five a side game when he gets the ball because he turns small spaces into, now come, come, we can do this. We can all Mm. do this together. And I think that's such a great skill and only only I think Harry Kane has that in Mm. that England squad. That's not to say that he should be the second name on the team sheet uh-huh. I just say that as someone who could potentially have more of a role from the bench than maybe start even mm-hmm. though I kind of think he should start if they can find a way to getting him mm-hmm. in I think it's it's invaluable and it's going to be so important with England playing those tougher games you
2: need characters like that the England sides from the past you know you think of those sides that say Waddle played in or or sort of Shearer and sharing and those kind of but play- they were big characters and they would do that they would they would they would pick people and go right come on and and England over the years have sometimes sort of lacked that a little bit at times and, and,
4: and it's a different challenge because what what are the things that Jaden Sancho, Raheem Sterling, Marcus Rashford can do that will hurt you, right? This pace. Mm. Like Rashford's a brilliant finisher. Mm. Sterling has improved his goal scoring a great deal. We know that. Jaden Sancho has got a lot to his game. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to denigrate them, but what I'm saying is their primary the primary fear you would have lining up against those three players is pace. Yep. Now, Grealish isn't slow, but that's not what you're concerned about when you play against Grealish. So what it does is it presents you a different challenge. So Mm -hmm. if you get him on the left of a three, like he plays for Villa, and you have Sancho or Sterling on the other side or whatever it may Mm be, or or even Rashford a bit wider, Mm -hmm. you've almost got a load of things to think about. Mm -hmm. Another way of approaching it is you have the pace, you start with pace, and then you bring Grealish on, as we've talked about. Or you start with Grealish, then you bring pace on. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of things. There are a lot of different challenges that you can offer, present to an opponent that they've got to figure out, which is a really exciting thing for England.
2: It is. It very much is. Uh, uh, yes.
4: So
3: very quickly, I think on those, you know, those wide players you mentioned there, they kind of create their own energy, whereas has um, really creates his own momentum here, where he's able to kind of just from a standing start just create something that brings everyone towards it. Whereas I think with, with um, those wide players you talked about, they get into a mode and suddenly they're rushing you yeah. whereas mm-hmm. Greeders can just rush you from a standing start. I'm yeah. going
4: to I'm gonna generate some big Betway 4 to score energy right now. Go on then, that's old sport. That's what Go on I'm going to do. Because um, it. it, it's time for Betway 4 to score. Entry, mm-hmm. of course, is free each week. Uh, each week? Each week. Each, pick, each John Wick. <laughs> pick the first goal scorer in Betway's 4 selected matches for your chance to win the £50,000 jackpot. International week is no different. But make sure your selections are submitted before the first game and ter- uh, further T's and C's apply. Game 1. It feels to you, Vish, it's Ukraine v Germany on Saturday night. I'm going for Serge Nabry. Serge mm-hmm. Nabry, good choice. He loves the old, goals. The old pot, um, do it to the camera, do the old pot stirring. Mix um, me up. Um, Game two is me. I'm on a hat trick, you guys. I wasn't gonna, that going to pass us by, was I? am on a hat trick. I've got Spain v. Switzerland also on Saturday night. I'm going for Rodrigo. Mm. I think he came off the bench in their last game, but I think he'll start. I'm going for Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. I thought about Ansu Fati, so I'll be annoyed if he scores first. Yeah. Um, but I'm going for, uh, for Rodrigo. Game three is the big one. Sunday tea time, England v Belgium, and it fell to Jules Breach to make her pick.
0: Hello, you lovely lot. It's pretty hard to predict who's even going to start for England against Belgium, let alone predict the first goal scorer. But I reckon after Dominic Calvert-Lewin scored on his senior England debut and he got taken off before the 60th minute in that friendly against Wales... I reckon he just might start the Belgium game, you know. So I'm going to go for a DCL goal.
4: Bold. Very nice. So mm. Dominic cavett for duels. Marcus, you've got France v Portugal Sunday night.
2: Mm, yeah, well, I know that Giroud's
4: been among the goals and you've got all the usuals. Cristiano Ronaldo's going to spoil the party. There we go a good solid selection so that is for our four to score selection: Serge Gnabry Rodrigo Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Ronaldo for our chance to win the £50,000 jackpot which we'll give to charity if our selections all score first make sure your selections are submitted before the first game and further T's and C's apply 18 plus and do gamble responsibly and for more information on that head to begambleraware.org ok now it's time for this It's one of those games that's quite difficult to explain, but you'll get it as soon as you start hearing it. And for those of you who... Um, oh, everyone who can't see what's happening right now, when I pressed that intro button, Vish closed his laptop, grabbed his notepad, had a quick swig of water and looked across to Marcus, who just smiled back with his arms folded. <laughs> It is time for the very high stakes Luke's game. Um, fire in the belly, mm-hmm. head in the freezer. We're running super short time, so I'm just going to get straight into it. People should know it works by now. Uh, Vish, you're up first this time. No pressure, Vish. Uh, no pressure. I My know. head's in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Free, belly in the freezer, <laughs> head yeah. in the fire. Um, the first player who's played for nine clubs, he retired in 2015. His name is Luke Chadwick.
3: Oh, Chadders. Oh, Christ. Um,
4: nine clubs in total that's ridiculous I think
3: I have to go for three
4: Marcus can I see better than three I'll go four
3: four fish five from you um, I wouldn't write it down in such big font if I were you mate because
4: I can see that easily
3: <laughs> are
4: you looking at the camera yeah. uh, you know what go four Marcus four. four clubs that Luke Chadwick's played for in your own time one at a time please Manchester United that is obviously correct
2: Stoke City also correct well done This is where I uh, (laughs) am. This is where the bluff comes home to roof. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, Norwich City.
4: One more. Very good. And uh, I'm actually very impressed by this because when this came up I thought, no, I mean, I could get it. Notts County. (laughs) Afraid not. It's a valiant effort. Manchester United is where he started. You could have had Royal Antwerp, Reading, Burnley, West Ham, Stoke City, Norwich, Milton Keynes-Dons, and Cambridge United.
2: MK-Dons were the ones Wow, well, got mixed up with Notts County.
4: 1-0 to Vish, but the good news is, Marcus, mm-hmm. you are up first this time. Here I go. He's played for six clubs. He's still playing. Oh. It's Olivier Giroux. Ah oh. Six clubs.
2: Olivier Giroud, you're having a laugh. Uh, I'll go three.
4: Vish. Oh. Yeah. It's not as easy as it sounds. I, I, might,
3: I might set you with three then. Really? Yeah, I've done really well by not
4: playing this game while okay. playing this game. Fair enough. <laughs> three clubs? Yeah. Yeah, okay, here we go. One at a time, please. Montpellier. Very good. Cock. Arsenal.
2: <laughs>
4: and Chelsea. One all. Oh, man, <laughs> you're back in your box now, aren't you, big boy? Oh. So what were the other clubs? I wish everyone listening could see the body language. <laughs> uh, started off at Grenoble. Apologies for my French pronunciation. Grenoble. Uh, Grenoble, whatever you want to say. Uh, he played on loan for a, cl- a club which I believe is pronounced Istra. Then he was at Tours and then Montpellier, Arsenal. It's not as easy as it sounds, that one. Fish, you're up first this time. It's 1 0 all, all to play for. He's played for five clubs. He retired, sadly, in 2012. Five clubs in total. You might see him on the media here or there. It's Neil Mellor. Neil Ooh. Mellor, Neil. Quite a tough one this week. The, 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 the algorithm generated quite a lot of um, mm. a lot of strange players.
3: Mm-hmm. Neil Mella Ella A A. Um, five clubs, five football association clubs. <laughs> <laughs> come
4: on, <laughs> come Neil, on! Now Neil that it's raining Ronald. more than ever, tell me how many clubs? Fucking Neil Mella. <laughs> I'm gonna start with three.
2: Yeah, that's good. Three. Name them.
4: There we go. So one at a time, please, Vish. Liverpool.
3: Preston North End
4: oh Blackburn Rovers yes <laughs> <Nice! laughs> did he play for Sheffield Wednesday he did uh, <gasps> 2-1 did he, to Marcus oh, did he play that. Tranmere Rovers oh uh, he didn't know, he played for oh. Liverpool, spent some time alone at West Ham, some more time alone at Wigan, Preston North End, and then Sheffield Wednesday. So I've
3: seen I, him play for Sheffield Wednesday. I knew
2: Liverpool and Sheffield Wednesday. When you said
4: Preston, I thought, oh, he's got it. I should say, actually, he spent some time alone at Sheffield Wednesday, but he ended his career, I believe. He finished at Preston North yeah, End okay, back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So that's 2-1 to Marcus Speller.
3: I think anyone who comes from the North West, i at like, Preston.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Lone Speller, Preston. <laughs> I always,
2: I, yeah, I go Tranmere for some reason, but <laughs> Preston's probably
4: more yeah. likely. Marcus, you're up first this time for the fourth player he's played for seven clubs in total he retired in 2012 you're going to like this one you're all going to like this one and the people listening are just going to love to hear his name yeah Hernan Crespo oh here we go seven clubs in total here we
2: go seven clubs in total that is that is quite something um ooh big Crespo why are you doing this to me (laughs) seven clubs seven clubs right come on Get that hit. I'm gonna need an answer now. Gonna need a number.
4: Five. Five is good. Fucking hell. <laughs> People listen at home. Vish looked like he was about to be hit by a car when he heard that. God, oh, go ham. Go ham with five. five yeah. yeah. So this is for to win. Yeah. Just for this is for three one, Unassailable lead. Five clubs Herning Crespo's played for, um, one at a time, please. Why didn't I say three?
1: <laughs>
4: um, AC Milan,
2: <coughs> Chelsea. Um. Inter Palmer.
4: One more for the win River Plate River Plate Is River Plate one of them? For a win for Marcus
0: Marcus! There it no! is There no! it is ladies and gentlemen
4: Very good Lazio as well Yeah you didn't say Lazio Sure off now Yeah Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Seven clubs. Plate, Parma, Lazio, Inter, Chelsea, Milan, Inter again, Genoa and Parma again. Oh, Genoa, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Genoa, not Genoa. Um, That's 3-1. We'll squeeze in the final one. uh, you'll be first. It's seven clubs. Need this super quick, please, mate. Seven clubs that Christian Benteke has played for. Ooh. Bentex. Listen, mate, your uh, your fountain pen isn't going to help you now.
2: (laughs) His muggy little notebook. (laughs) Parker.
4: get him a little slug thought
2: <laughs> like, so you come back and oi, beat oi, me again did you do you want this <laughs> oi don't write in the words like that you naughty when, sausage when,
4: when when, when, Big Pav used to watch me running for the ball because I was quite slow he yeah. used to go oh fuck me it's a slug with asthma
2: <laughs> <laughs> oi you know what How many? I'm going to say four he's four. starving he is starving <laughs> <laughs> Hey. his <laughs> dinner name, name your four
3: go on oh, yeah, have, have fun little, with have it Liverpool, little role right Aston Villa and Standard Liège Oh,
4: listen, mate. One, two. I love it if Stanley age is wrong. Three. I think it is, isn't it? Ah, oh, right. It's you a 3-2 win to to, to, yeah. to, to, Vish, uh, to, to Marcus. Oh, Genk, Stanley Age, uh, Kortreek, Mechelen, Genk again, Aston Villa, Liverpool and Crystal Palace where he currently still plays. Mm. Um, so that's a 3-2 win to Marcus. Well played. Come on then.
2: Come on. There we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Rumble preview show sponsored by Betway. Myself, Pete and Jimmy will be back on Monday hopefully celebrating an England win. Uh, but until then, have a lovely weekend and we'll see you soon. Thank you very much, Luke Moore. Thank you. Thank you, Vish.
0: <laughs> this was a Stakhanov
1: production and part of the Acast Creative Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?